When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is Unlearned, a self-rising production. I'm Jamie. And I'm CA. And we are your hosts. This is a podcast all about deconstructing who we are and exploring who we are becoming. Hello. (laughs) Hello. So yeah, we're here again and we're going to get right into it today. We are on a time crunch. So actually, before we get started, one of the things we just wanted to get you guys up to speed with is we are about to hit 20,000 downloads, which is a big deal for us. Uh, We know that you guys have been sharing with your friends and family, and I know there's some therapists out there that are listening that are sharing it with clients and clients are sharing it with their family. So We just want to pause for a second and say thank you and tell you that we appreciate all of the feedback we get. We appreciate all of the ways you guys interact with us. We are going to have one small request and ask you to consider just right now pausing and leaving a quick rating or review. Honestly, review with your heart, you know, if it resonates just a simple two sentence or quick tap of the whatever rating you want to give us. We really, really just want to take a second to just ask that of you guys because it really, really, really helps us. So at the same time, we appreciate you being loyal listeners. So thank you for being here and let's just get right into it today. So we are talking about an interesting topic that is kind of rampant on social media. We like to get these one-off advice on how to solve our mental health problems. And I think you guys have heard me say this in previous episodes, but there's a lot of quick, almost like that sweet, like satiating, oh, here's a mental health tip and this is how you're going to solve all your problems. So you know, it's the how to solve a panic attack or how to stop waking up so late or, you know, how to beat insomnia in one simple step. Okay. So, and those get a lot of views. They do. They get a lot of shares. They get a lot of views. They typically will be easy viral videos because in theory to the general consumer that wants to solve a sleep problem or a stress problem or a panic problem, they're thinking, Oh goodness, I can just I can just do this one simple task and wake up and have my problem solved. And of course, if you're if you've been following along, you guys understand that really understanding the themes behind our habits is the healing mechanism in our healing journey. It's the it's the mechanism that can shift and it's it's not the magic pill, but it's that like very meaningful shift that occurs when we're on our unlearning journey. Okay. So the episode's basically about some of these kind of cult psychology pop stuff that comes up when it tells us about how to solve 
our mental health problems and then what we can actually do, what we can actually frame our mind around to create a healing perception and like what we can actually do skill wise to shift our mindset around this, right? Because this is my fear when I see those one-offs is that people see something like that and they think, oh, well, my child can't sleep. So if I just introduce this skill, that that will solve all their problems, right? Or, oh, my partner deals with panic and, you know, I'm just going to tell them about ice cubes and that's going to solve their panic. And that's where I get nervous because, first of all, I don't think that's very fair. It can, those small interventions, I'm not saying aren't even effective. They can be effective. It's just that it sometimes misleads people who aren't experiencing the depth of the problem or the depth of the issue that they're facing. And it almost like demeans or like kind of downgrades the magnitude of how much suffering they can be going through or how much pain they're actually going through. So yeah, that's a little bit of a roundabout way of introducing the topic. But I mean, what are your thoughts on this, CA? Do you see some of this stuff going on or? Yeah. Like what it sometimes comes off as is kind of trying to treat a chronic illness with acute care management tools. So like if you're looking at like a medical model and, and if somebody has a chronic illness and you just treat the symptoms, the acute symptoms that are present, you can literally do that to your blue in the face and spend an entire lifetime doing that. And I'm not even saying that there's not value to it because I do not believe people deserve to live in pain or, you know, be experiencing acute symptomology. No, like, of course, we need to uh, treat acute symptoms when they are presenting. And that shouldn't be where it ends. You know, like a good doctor is going to look deeper and do the zoom out, look at the bigger picture and try to actually find the cause, the underlying what's really going on here that's creating this cascade of symptoms in my patient and then while applying acute care management, we are also going to start applying some longer term strategies to help really heal the underlying whatever's going on under the surface. And hopefully some of those symptoms, those surface acute symptoms will dissipate over time. And I think when it comes to like mental and emotional wellness, I think looking at it from that framework of, of like a physical deeper thing, I think sometimes that might be a more helpful way to look at like to even just frame this in general, because for a lot of people, if you're trying to just like have better mental habits or whatever, that's great. And you can jump from one to the other, to the other, to the other, and, you know, create all kinds of different habits and changes and things like that to your life. But if some of these like deeper underlying things go unmanaged, then they're just going to start manifesting in a new thing that you have to now come up with a new habit or strategy to overcome. So as with all things in this podcast, this is not an all or nothing concept. And I do believe that it can be extremely good for a person to manage some, you know, acute symptoms that might be going on with themselves, whether that's physical health or mental health or emotional health, I think that it just didn't stop there. I think we need to actually take a look at a bigger picture and try to see if we can come up with some skills that actually 
touch at those deeper issues. Right. I think like a quick example, just to give you people visuals is like, I go to the doctor, I keep getting hives and they're like, oh, when you have hives, you can just kind of like put ice on it and like kind of take an antihistamine and it'll go away in two hours. Right. And I just, every week I go in with new hives and then the doctor's like, we are just put ice on it. <laughs> go. I mean, I'm not the doctor in the room. So whoever knows how to treat hives, but I'm assuming like antihistamines or whatever. Okay. So I just keep taking Benadryl. Like it's like candy. And I'm like, wait, <laughs> no one, not everybody. Like I know occasionally I hear people have hives, but like most people aren't walking around with hives all the time. So like, why am I the one that's dealing with this every week? And if I didn't have a doctor that was sitting there and being like, wait a second, you didn't tell me that you roll in the grass because you're doing something in the yard every week. Like, I didn't know that. And now I want to get you allergy tested. Okay. This is kind of what we're talking about. I don't need to beat a dead horse there, but like, it's basically the analogy comes in where it's like, there's a couple of things that are going on. There's the provider has to be honestly competent enough to be like, wait a second, I'm not just going to treat the acute symptom. Okay. And then also the patient kind of, it's that whole healing model where like the awareness is really important. Like awareness of like, is hives common? And is this something that everyone deals with? And if it's not common, then wait a second. Now I need to ask more questions. And is it normal to take Benadryl every day? Like, do I have to take Benadryl every day? And that's where like, it, it kind of, it kind of switches over to that mental health thing where like, you've heard me say this in the past, normalized trauma is untreated trauma. So if I just say this is normal for me that everyone drinks 10, 10 cans of beer every single day and everyone doom scrolls for six hours a day and everyone, you know, has panic attacks three times a week. Like if I said that, then not only do I not get to actually solve the like core of the problem, but like my providers won't even really hear it unless unless they're like competent enough to hear like, wait a second. Oh, I didn't know you were just like, I thought you were just having like one drink occasionally. I didn't know you were having like 10 a week. Like, so do you see how like it's it's even the way we talk about our healing will change if it gets normalized. And so getting back to the kind of description of like, do we solve a problem that like is short-sighted or like the long game, like the wide lens, right? If we take something like a doom scrolling habit or something, okay? And you download an app that like turns off your phone after an hour that you're on Instagram or something. Okay, sure. That's like, that's the equivalent of like taking Benadryl. Like it's, it's, you can't turn on your phone for eight hours. Let's say it's like a really intense app or so. I don't know, I'm making up. Let's say that app exists, okay? and you genuinely can't access, you can't access the phone. So like, in theory, it's solved. Like it's, it's an issue that's not a non-issue right now. Okay. Well, if I was doing that all the time, but I kept finding myself like in that habit, it's like one of the things that we're doing is we're just trying to solve a short-term problem. So if my, if I'm getting soothed, if I have a lot of stress and I doom scrolled for like four or five hours every single day, And then I download the app. Remember, the emotional energy that was created around that soothing goes somewhere. Okay. So all of a sudden, you notice that instead of doom scrolling, now that energy turned into you playing Sims for five hours. 
or I don't know if anyone plays Sims anymore, but you playing like, I don't know, Fortnite for fun. I've, all of our listeners like, my kid plays Fortnite. Whatever, whatever video, Candy Crush. Let's go Candy Crush. Candy Crush or whatever viral game there is. Like I'm now playing that on yes. my iPad because my phone's turned off, right? So I pulled out my iPad and I'm playing Candy Crush for four hours. You know, and I'm staying up till three o'clock in the morning every night. Okay. So that's why we're introducing it this way is that we sometimes get very short sighted in our healing journey where we try to solve the wrong problem. And we say, it's just, it's just me Instagramming for like four or five hours. Like, it's not a big deal. I, I can figure that out. I can solve that problem. And then you, you figure out a short term solution where the app turns off your phone for eight hours while you're supposed to be sleeping. Then because there's still a yearning in your body to get that stress relief and it's already linked to that behavior, your brain knows there's an iPad in the house. So at one o'clock in the morning, whenever I'm sleeping and you're like, oh shit, I forgot. I like put that iPad or I put the app on my phone. You go find the iPad, right? And then you screw, you scroll and you, or not scroll, you do Candy Crush for two hours. So you go to the next day and you go into your therapist and you say, I can't believe it. It's three days in a row. I haven't doom scrolled on my phone. And your therapist, none the wiser, is like, yay, like we've done so much progress. And then they, they don't realize oh, wait, I didn't tell you the part that like... Replaced, yeah. I still was awake at 3 a.m. I was just on a different device <laughs> doing a different thing, okay? And so you guys know we're, we're part... Our vision for this podcast is to create like very deep thematic thinking for you guys. And so if you can sit there and say, obviously I want to change this habit. If you know that, remember, it has to be like something you really do want to change. You might just not have the skills or strategy to do it, okay? And someone tells you, I have the skill or strategy. It's this app that turns off your phone for eight hours. You might really believe for a while that's the solution. That's it. It's just this short, short-sighted thing where I can just fix the problem. And this is why I think this episode's important is that when we can introduce this concept of like those those small acute problem solving techniques can be useful and that's not the end of the story. Something that you might discover when you do start to try to do this little digging and try to kind of like, oh okay, so I listened to the podcast I'm going to take a look at my habits and see, you know, the habits that I'm trying to change and see what's really driving the behavior. And this is where we're going to go all the way back to episode one. You might discover that what's driving the behavior is something that you're genuinely do not have the time, space, or capacity to actually like do the deep work on right now. And then that's okay. And then you can actually keep that kind of like, acute management tool in place. But the difference is, even though the behavior's there, now you actually have like an autonomous choice around it. And you now know that when space opens up in your mental or emotional capacity to manage whatever that deeper thing was, now you actually 
have already done some kind of like legwork on it ahead of time. And now you can sort of do that deep dive. And the reason I bring that up is because I I really want to like speak to just the realness of real life. I'm literally going to be the first one right here right now to tell you like this very often happens in my life is I will discover a habit in, in my life that I'm like, okay, like, is it the best? Do I love this habit? No. And I will discover why I'm using that habit. And then I will literally just consciously be like, I'm going to keep doing it because I, I just genuinely right now cannot fix the underlying issue right now. I just, I, there's way too many other things. I'm still working on this other thing. And so I see it. It's there. I'm aware of it. And I will get to it when I need to. And I'm going to use this, of course, with only the caveat that as long as it's not super self-destructive, you know, we're not here to encourage destructive behaviors. But if we're talking about things that are providing a soothing or some sort of regulating effect in your life, that maybe they're not ideal. Is it ideal to doom scroll? Is it ideal to drink three cups of coffee a day? Whatever the habit is. It's a, it might not be ideal, but if for right now it's what you need to get by until you have that, that self-consent, that space available to actually manage the deeper issue, then there's no shame around that. Mm, And that's really what I wanted to kind of speak to. Right. So it's, it's more or less a vision of healing. That's what I would speak to. Okay. Because this is what I think CA really kind of touched on there is while I don't want you to give up on yourself, if you are tending to a sick loved one or your kids are, you know, struggling or your marriage is struggling or something. And you're like, honestly, the only time I feel okay is like, you know, going on my computer for a few hours and just, you know, playing Candy Crush. Okay. This is where I think we're talking about, like, there's this, like, there's this, like, almost like self-compassion of being like, right now, Candy Crush is the way I just like decompress like everything that went on during my day. And I want to get to a point where I feel stable enough to get beyond this. Right. And so that's what I mean by like a vision. Okay. So it's like, it's almost like being radically honest with yourself and saying right now, this is what I can do. Cause I don't necessarily have the ability to like take a bunch of extra time out of my day to, you know, work on that mindfulness strategy or go to this, you know, class or get, get mentored in this way. Like, okay. That that sh- that needs to be like sat with for a second is that sometimes we don't have all of those tools in front of us and we do create these like short, soothing techniques to try to get us to the next day. And <laughs> what we want for like you to kind of take away with is that when you're through this like self kind of like that deepening of the relationship with yourself is that it's almost like a call to like recognize when stabilization is occurring. So if for some Mm -hmm. reason you were really struggling and your kids were sick or something and now your kids are better and then you've noticed like, all right, my kids are better, but I've continued this habit. 
that's where the brain gets tricky because the brain kind of creates this like, well, this is what we do now, regardless if you're stressed out or not. Right. And so why this is so, so tricky to talk about, right, is because we're the only ones that can actually be kind of real with ourselves about that shift inside of ourselves is that I can't be the one as the, as the friend, as the mentor, the the coach or the therapist, I can't be the one that says, Hey, I think you're at that shift, right? Like you have to like start considering shifting that, that habit, right? It's truly a very deep conversation with yourself that you have to be like, this isn't serving a function anymore. This isn't this isn't soothing me anymore. Even and that's a good sign for you to think about that. Like, is it not even accomplishing what the original intention for that habit was? Right. You can insert drinking. You can insert like smoking. You can insert like a lot of other things that are like the classic addictive habits or whatever. But like, this is not just the classic like throw everything in a box like certain substances, because it can be like, at one point in my life, I was really struggling. So I was venting to my friends a lot. And I found myself venting to them. And I never really checked in with them. And my friends are like really amazing people. So they knew I was in a hard place. And so they were holding space for that venting. Like they they were like, I, I get it. Jamie's really going through it. And I, I I'm okay to be that safe place for her to vent to. But now we're on like month six. And now you're as the friend, you're like, I, this is like, she, this is not healthy. Like it's not healthy for our friendship. It's not healthy for her. Right. And like, that's that thing that it's so hard to get through because now I have to come to terms with like, have I turned my friendship into like kind of a therapeutic dynamic instead of a friendship? Have I have I really shown up to this dynamic, right? This is why I'm showing you through a non like substance kind of dynamic, right? Like we like to say, oh, in drinking, you can just realize that you're hitting rock bottom or smoking, you realize that you're getting sick all the time or something like that. Like, but for things that are non, like their emotional interchanges, it's hard to see rock bottom. It's hard to know what rock bottom is. Mm Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes what is important is continually checking in with that awareness behind the behaviors, right? Especially like if we're going off of what I said a few minutes ago about, you know, you might recognize, okay, I'm doing this to, you know, soothe something. I just can't really touch that topic just now. And then it goes on for a long enough time that it just becomes like your default. Like, this is just my habit. This is what I do. I just, you know, I check in with my friend every day and we we talk for this amount of time. And But then you like, maybe you do actually make some sort of like shift in your life to where space opens up for you to process whatever it was that was driving the behavior, but the habit is still in place. That's why... I'm going to say that it's important to keep doing those like continual check-ins about the different habits in our life because the behavior itself in some cases might not necessarily need to alter 
that much, you might just need to alter your intention behind it. The other example I'm going to give right now is exercise. This is another one. This is like a classic one that you can exercise from so many different mental places, some of which are super awesome and healthy, and some of which are the least healthy thing imaginable. So I think if you are exercising from a very unhealthy place and it's it's literally a self-deprecation and it's, you know, to punish yourself or even if you're using it as like that soother of like, I just have so much stress and anxiety. I just need to, you know, punch the punching bag for a hundred, you know, punches or whatever it is. Again, I at no point are we shaming acute symptom management. I am not shaming it. But if it gets to a point where you feel you no longer need to be using it in that way, but exercising is now your habit and there's other parts about going to the gym that are integrated into your life in in positive ways, you know, you've made friends there and whatever else, you know, I'm not saying you even have to give up exercising. I'm saying, is there a way to shift your mentality behind it? To where, okay, I'm actually like, I've really worked through this underlying issue that was driving my exercising habits before, but now I still want to go to the gym, but now I go to exercise because I really love that dance workout class. I love the friends that I have made there. I really, I feel endorphins afterwards. It's good for, you know, my overall health. By all means, please continue exercising. So this what the theme of this whole episode is to look for the theme. We are we are rising above behaviors themselves and we are zooming and using that wide lens view to see okay what's really driving some of this stuff and how do we move forward in our lives in a more integrated authentic healthy way and sometimes that does take zooming out and looking at the underlying things behind the behaviors. And if you want to shift the behavior for whatever reasons, please do so. If you actually enjoy the behavior and you just want to shift the mentality behind it, that's great too. Right. What's your catchphrase? You want to share it with everybody? Oh, I always say when in doubt, zoom out. If if something's like bogging you down intensely and you feel like this little thing is either the end of the world or the whole world, like this one thing is all that there is, then sometimes it does help to zoom out. And sometimes I do it really humorously where I'll zoom so far out that I'm like, I'll like show people the picture of like the universe where the galaxies themselves look like stars. And you're like, no, those aren't stars. Those are literal galaxies. And you're just in one of them. You know, we can zoom yeah. that far out. We really can. And it, sometimes it helps. Honestly, it helps me. And it's fun to bring in humor occasionally, especially when you get really, really serious about some things that are, you know, it, it, and, and that's not to invalidate the feelings. Sometimes our feelings do feel so like we're drowning in them that the, that there is no mm-hmm. other reality besides right. what this feels like. So uh, it's all in balance. And that's yeah. the straight up thesis of this podcast at this point. (laughs) So what I would say is it's interesting when you think, when you think about it through a thematic lens, this really does bring in some of those like deeper psychological constructs around 
your own embodiment, authority, sovereignty, and power over self. Okay. And this is, this is not saying that whole over spiritualized, like you can do anything, you can beat any addiction and you just are powerful enough. No, that's not what I mean. Okay. I mean, like one of the hardest things about breaking a habit is that it feels like you're imprisoned by it. And remember, I don't even want to say a habit as almost like a tangible thing. Some of these habits, like I was using venting, sometimes it's like oversharing or, you know, my habitual people pleasing or my habitual tendency to self-sacrifice. Like these are some non, like they're emotional constructs that become habitual. And so why this is hard is when you look at like, a situation. Actually, I'm going to bring up a situation. Um, <laughs> I I was, I'm not going to name names, but it was a situation where a friend of mine was getting a tattoo and they've shared with us that, you know, they struggle with some of the people pleasing stuff. And the tattoo artist <laughs> was like grabbing color and their friend reflected to me that's the the original tattoo was not supposed to have color in it, okay? And the friend reflected that they realized that they have their people pleasing is so strong that they almost didn't say something that was about to get permanently on their body because they were so scared of their response on the other end. And like this is what I mean by like if you think about people pleasing as a habit being so disempowering. Like it takes so much of your power away where you don't even get a choice to say what might be on your body for the rest of your life, or you don't get a choice to determine, you know, what you want to do that night because your habit says, this is what we do. There's no other option. Right. That's why I think this is important for us to talk about that awareness and that zooming out, because when you can look at it through the lens of like. This. Is. No longer. Something that I feel. Is it's not. Not only is it no longer a functional habit, it's not doing anything for me, but it's no longer even soothing. It's not really serving a point. It's not really doing anything except keeping me held hostage. And this is why it's kind of easy to see it with like a drinking habit or like a smoking vaping habit or something like it can be a little bit easier to see it through those models. But when you think of it as like an emotional construct, like my people pleasing is is radically keeping me from showing up to this world with my own power. That can be a moment of shift for a lot of people when it comes to habits because I could sit there and I could be like, all right, well, you know, when we're trying to solve some of those habitual things, it's we get to the state of awareness that it is feeling like a prison. And then we go online or we go on our social medias and we see, we search one of the, you know, how to stop vaping. And someone's like, 
all you have to do is here's this quick fix, right? And so we did get to the point of like, wait, I know I want to be sovereign over this experience, but we can get very, very like lost in the navigational skills of how to get that almost like over that short-sightedness, right? And so going back to that original idea in the beginning, it's it's important for you to get to the point of knowing that this is you taking back your power, but also not trying to solve that habit through something like really, really short-sighted, right? Because it, remember, like if it's something like, you know, let's let's take drinking, right? They're like, okay, we'll just stop drinking and drink, you know, drink non-alcoholic seltzer. Okay. Well, you know, you go like a couple months and you're like, yeah, I stopped drinking and I, I drink non-alcoholic seltzer and I am, this is the hard part is that I can't talk about alcohol without having an urge. I can't be around my friend groups that are drinking. I can't, I can't, interact with the idea of alcohol without my body having a response. Okay. That to me, I'm not saying that's not huge progress. That's that short. That's that like, yes, you stopped the habit. That's great. That's amazing. That's a huge step of your healing process. And when we lose sight that there is a part of that habit that kept you hostage, that is where we can get misled and we can actually get stuck there. We can be like, well, that's just going to be part of my life for the rest of my life. I'm just going to have that issue for the rest of my life. And I'm like, okay, well, we stopped and we didn't go deep enough. We stopped at a very surface level problem solving tactic and we didn't go deeper to like something in our brain deeply linked this to like. I absolutely need other strategies or I need other ways to like unlink this. I need to like target that specific thing, right? And so this is what do you this is obviously like a very yeah. intense topic. I think yes. this one is I think it it's a that's why sometimes it's hard to talk about substances is because that you know that is a, an incredibly complex issue that I think is not as simple as overcoming the habit of doom scrolling. Typically, there's a lot of other layers there. But ultimately, if you discover that once you try to, you just, you know, zoomed in and you problem solved one one habit of yours, and you're like, oh, okay, I I, I don't want to doom scroll anymore. And so you did whatever you did. Say you did that. And then you discovered that there was this massive amount of energy that no longer gets, you know, soothed through that means. And so now it has to be sued somewhere else. Maybe you didn't realize ahead of time that you were before stopping that habit. Maybe you didn't realize what was driving it. Well, it's going to probably show its face once you stop that habit. And then you're going to be a little bit more aware of it and be like, oh, this energy still wants to go somewhere. And then say you've listened to this podcast and you're like, oh, this is what Jamie and Sia were talking about. And then you get curious and you you dig in and you find out what it is it that was really driving that behavior. And then you start doing the work and and trying to come up with, you know, deeper healing solutions for whatever the case may be. This might be roughly where we'll leave it. I want to hold some space here for 
the complexity of what it is that we're saying, because it, it seems as though we're saying, don't go for the simple fix. Go for the, <laughs> look at the deeper issue, fix that. And then that's the answer. Like, it almost sounds like we're doing the same thing that we're right. saying to avoid, right? Like coming up with like the simple fix to fixing your obsession with simple fixes is to do this, you know? Um, I don't want to leave it with that. So I, I really want to hold space for the complexity of what's happening here, which is kind of where, you know, I almost touched on it earlier, which is you might discover it's something so deep that you're not quite ready to go there yet. Mm. Or you might discover that it is something deep and you are ready to go there and what I'll say is that welcome to the journey at that point, because it's not going to be simple. It's you're now on a journey. And if you are brave enough to touch those deeper issues that are going on, be patient with yourself mm -hmm. through the process and be loving to yourself through the process and know that it isn't a simple fix and it's going to take support and multiple strategies going on simultaneously to to really do the type of work we're talking about and you know that's that's what this podcast is about and this is why we have all these various different topics that we dive into and you know we really encourage you guys finding psychologically safe people to support you through these processes and all of that because this isn't a simple fix to a simple fix. This is us really highlighting the fact that we are complex people. Mm -hmm. And when you start right. to do that digging work, just, you know, be prepared and know that it is a, a deeper process and it's going to take some complex problem solving to manage complex problems. Yeah. And it takes patience. And we're really, what we're really talking about is it's, 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 honestly, the conceptualization of like the wound, like this is, these are like origin stories in our brain. So like, of course, yes, you can identify, oh, that's one of the wounds. And that's the beginning of the story. Like that's the beginning of the journey. So like, I guess that's probably where, like, we would probably want to make sure you can like leave that with is that it actually is kind of like the starting point, not the ending point right? It's, it's the opposite of the short term, uh, like take this Tylenol and then the pain's gone. It's the, hey, we just opened the door. We know the correct way to handle this problem. And this is the beginning of that. So like that, that is one of the main takeaways from this. <laughs> okay. And I mean, it's, it's intimidating, but like CA said, get your healthy healing community around you. And like, that's where some of this can really, like really create some momentum for you guys. So we're going to have to end it there. We had a shorter episode today, but we really appreciate you guys. And, um, you know, just sending strength to all of you. And we'll see you next week. Thanks for listening. Thank you so much, y'all, for tuning in. If anything we said resonated, please subscribe and leave a review anywhere you listen to podcasts. This absolutely helps us grow, and we really do value your voice on this podcast. So if you have anything you'd like to contribute, any tips, any topics, or if you just want to say hi, you can email us at unlearned at recollectedself.com. 
You can find us on Instagram at the unlearned podcast or individual Instagrams at recollect itself and CAs is at embracing divergence. You can also find us over on TikTok under those handles. If you want to join our Patreon for $5 a month, you can be our coffee fiend club member. And that's going to give you access to our podcast within a podcast, which is called unhinged. This is basically where we let loose completely unedited. We are literally just shooting the breeze, having fun. You can see our full personalities and it is a blast. Honestly, it's pretty fun. So if you want to join us, you can find that at patreon.com slash unlearned. And that's it. The last thing I want to tell you is I want you to be brave enough to fight for the person you want to become. And this is how we do the work.